Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. talking about prayer on Wednesday nights and then doing some praying here on Wednesday nights and thank God that we can create a habitation for God to move in a powerful way to manifest his glory among us, his power among us, his presence, his power, his goodness, his mercy, his grace. Uh, just a few scriptures here, Matthew 21 and verses 21 and 22, the Lord dropped this in my spirit throughout the week and it just surfaced and I just wanted to really pursue this because of the importance of it. It's called believing prayer. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree. Let's back that up. You notice if he said if you had faith, and he didn't stop there, but said if you doubt not. Why did he have to say that? Why did he have to say that? Couldn't he say if you have faith and little doubt, you shall not only do, but no, he didn't. No, he said you can't doubt. Not only do, which is done to the fig tree, but also if he shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer. Now, why did he have to say believing? If he would have said doubting, you'd have a miracle every day. You know that. Believing you shall receive. But believing what? Believing certain things we have to believe. So we're talking about believing prayer. Anybody can pray. But what about believing prayer? What do we need to believe? What are we believing? Well, number one, we got to believe that God's will is to be done in earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus said. God's will is not being done in earth as it is in heaven. And so he wanted us to pray that it would be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's not his will that people be sick. It's not his will that people be tormented or are hopeless or anything like that, right? There was a time when on earth that God's will was being done, but that was short-lived. There was no sin. There was no curse. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no mental anguish. There was no sense of hopelessness or there any fear, worry, anxiety, and the list goes on and on until what happened? Adam and Eve opened up the door to all that turmoil in our lives, all that darkness in the world. And when that happened... Of course, the devil began to have his way among men in the earth. And Jesus knew that, which is why he came to set the record straight. But in order to turn that around, we need to have or use believing prayer to enforce the will of God in human lives on this planet. It requires believing prayer on our part, which is why Jesus said, first of all, you got to believe that your faith can touch heaven and then pray in faith believing that God will do what he said he would do. So I believe God wants his will done in this earth. What about you? I believe it's his will that all men be saved, healed, delivered, set free, made whole, restored to righteousness. I believe that's the will of God for all mankind. So number one, I'm to believe that. But number two, I must 
know God's word. In Numbers 23, verse 19, God is not a man, the lion, nor the son of man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? And then Jeremiah 1, 12 says, he hastens his word to perform it. And so in other words, notice he said, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I, I am alert and active, watching over my word to, notice that, I'm alert and active to do what? Watch over my word to perform it. So what does he perform in the earth? His word. So what is believing prayer based on? The foundation of his word. If God said something, we've got to send it back to him and let him know that we believe in what he said. We believe it's his will, for, for example, someone to be whole. And that's wonderful to believe that, but believing it is not enough. Just because we believe it doesn't mean it's going to happen. We have to believe it. We have to declare it and send it back to him and just say, Father, this is what you said. So we believe what you said is the truth. I believe that you want me well. How many people struggle out there because they don't know that God wants them well? They think God is behind the problem. He's not the problem. He's the source of our solution to the problem. Can you say amen? amen. Now, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12, and verse 2, if God didn't authorize it, you see, he's not obligated to bring it to pass. If he didn't authorize our faith, then he can't bring it to pass, or he's not obligated to do so. Looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. Just stop it right there. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith finds its beginning in him and its perfection in him. In other words, our faith has to have a foundation. Believing prayer has to have a foundation. I've got to believe that what God said is what his will is for my life. I've got to act upon that, enforce that, and say, this is what you said. Now my eyes are upon you to do it. Almost like Jehoshaphat, when Jehoshaphat prayed, sought the face of God and said, we don't know what to do with this crowd here coming against us, but you know what? Our eyes are on you. You're bigger than the problem that we're facing. Our eyes are on you. And God delivered, didn't he? He delivered and set them free. Gave them instruction as to what to do. And of course, they got set free. So we believe that God's word is what he watches over to perform. And as Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. He sent his word to the earth. In the person of Jesus Christ. He sent his word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. So in other words, God is actively, he is alert. What's he looking for? Someone to say, this is what you said, Father. This is what you said. I believe you meant what you said. Believing prayer says, now my eyes are on you. I'm giving you your word back. It won't return to you void. I'm believing right now that you are moving in that situation and you're alert and active to bring it to pass in my life or could be in the life of somebody else. Number three, what are we to believe? Well, we believe from the heart. Believing prayer is a product of the heart, not the head. If it was just the head, we'd all have it made. You see, when you learn something like a truth from the word of God, that's a wonderful thing. By stripes I'm healed. That's wonderful that we learn that truth. But if we don't feed our faith constantly on that subject, we retain knowledge, but we lose faith. That's why we can have a head full of knowledge, but no activity as far as God manifesting himself in our lives. You can see because we know it here. And we hear people say all the time, well, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know. But is it alive in you? Is it an active thing in you? Is it manifesting in you? And that's how we have to view it. It's from the heart. Look in Job. This is something that Job uh, really wrestled with. When it come, and I'm going to talk about this more on Sunday. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. What do you say? <laughs> Teach me and I will hold my tongue. C 
caused me to understand wherein I've erred. How forcible are right words. But what does your arguing reprove? Okay. Here he is saying, man, you teach me, Lord. I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to speak right things. How forcible are right words. But look at chapter 7, starting at verse 11. It was short-lived. And I'm going to tell you why it was short-lived, because it wasn't in the heart. It was in his head. Therefore, I will not reframe my mouth. I will speak in anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a whale that thou settest a watch over me? When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifies me with th through visions, so that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than my life. In other words, I'm going to commit suicide. I loathe it. I would not live always. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. Man, that was short-lived, wasn't it? He just spewed out some stuff that was horrible. Wanted to take his life. He would rather die than even live. Why? Because it was all up here and not really down here. See, that is the big difference between receiving from God or not receiving from God. It's got to be here in the heart. He said, you will seek me. You will find me when you search me with all of your heart. So God wants his word to be in our heart, not just our head. Remember Psalm 19, verse 14, what David said? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He wanted his words and his meditation of his heart to be acceptable, satisfactory to God, in other words. You talk about a lesson that we all really need to learn. I don't know about you, but it's not an easy lesson to learn, is it? Until we realize that our words control our destiny, our words shape our lives, and really get that here. We can learn it intellectually, but we got to get it really here in the heart. So many distractions out there in this world that would just pull us away. But listen to this. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So it's not a tongue issue. It's a heart issue. Working on the heart, our heart, before God. And asking him by his spirit, man, transform my life. Change me so that my attitudes of my heart line align with what your word and says and what your will is for my life. But here, David was saying the same thing. I want my words and my thoughts to be satisfactory before your throne. And it's almost what he was referring to was like, remember the sacrificial animals had to be without blemish and without spot? They had to be without blemish, right? To be acceptable to God. Well, he is saying then, I want my words and my thoughts, my words in my mouth, the thoughts of my heart to be acceptable, to be satisfactory. In other words, I want to say the right thing things that really align with your word, your will for my life. And so that's what he was crying out for. And the final thing is boldness. If we want believing prayer in our lives, number one, we have to, without question, know the will of God and understand what God's will is in that situation. He's not willing that one perish. And so we can pray with believing prayer because we know that. But number two, we've got to know what the word says about other areas so that we can pray believing prayer. Believing that God says, look, I want you well, I want you whole, I want you provided for. And number three, my heart's got to be engaged in it. It's not just something I learn intellectually. Otherwise, it's only mental assent. It is not true heartfelt faith. And finally, boldness before the throne of God. Prayers are answered in the throne. 
We get before the throne of God, having access by the blood of Jesus. And when we get there, we have representation. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, notice what it declares. Here's believing prayer. I believe that I have access to the throne. I believe that I'm welcome at the throne. I believe that God accepts me at the throne. Why? Not because of me. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are without sin, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice the therefore. Why is it there? What's it there for? Because we have representation. We have a high priest. We have a mediator. We have an advocate. We have an intercessor. And we have a surety, or, a, or really a surety means a guarantee. One who stands behind every word of the covenant. So we have representation at the throne of God. And we can enter in by the blood of the Lamb. And we can say to the Father, I'm not here based on my performance, not based on my works, not based on what I've done. But I stand here before you and the first thing I need is mercy because I'm not that good. But Jesus is. I want what he has done, not what I have or have not done. And so I thank God for my high priest. I thank God for my mediator. I thank God for my intercessor. I thank God for my advocate. And I thank God for the one who guarantees every word of the covenant. That's why I'm here. So I want mercy and now grace. Grace is the power of your operation to bring to pass your perfect will for my life. So I am boldly at the throne of God. And we see that in Hebrews chapter 10 also, 19 through 22. Notice this. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way which he has consecrated through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest of the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and bodies washed with pure water. Praise God, because he is there representing you and representing me. He's the high priest of our confession. We can boldly stand before the throne of God and say, Father, it is your will that my loved one be saved. Father, I know what your word says, not willing that any should perish, but they all come to repentance. I know from my heart Jesus died for him as he died for me. And praise God, I'm coming to your throne, not by who I am, but by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm asking you to send laborers to that person's house and life to bind to him the word of God and bring him to your saving grace. That's boldness. So it's believing prayer that gets results. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So we're